Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 110. John and Wendy present Where Are They Now? Part 2. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. All right, I'm not going to ask how you are because we're on take 27, so... <laughs> yeah, okay. So so we're having serious internet connectivity issues. The, we, we're recording this after the fact. Yep. We had three tremendous interviews, Wendy, with our friends, Christina Minyard, Carlos Escobar, Kyra Makovich. I know everybody's going to enjoy kind of hearing what they've been up to because a couple of them, it's been what's well, been all for almost, all of them, almost two yes. years or more since we talked yep. to them last. We've been really fortunate to find different ways to engage with the community over the last few weeks. And Wendy, I don't know about you, but I think Trivia Night was a tremendous success. For sure. We'll, we'll have to figure out how to do it again. Um, so if anyone wants to sponsor us having our own Kahoot account, we'll take that. <laughs> I, I was I was absolutely amazed. I think we ended up with about thirty players. About thirty, yep. And, and it was tremendous fun. I came up with the questions. They were not all Star Joe's or you know, <laughs> comic book nerd related. I think I challenged people and, yes. and I think surprised people with some of the things that I know. But no, it was tremendous, tremendous fun. We again want to do it again mm-hmm. sometime down the road. So more to come there. But come up with trivia. <laughs> it is hard to come up with trivia, and it's a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, but again, thank fun. you all that took part. It. And if you weren't able to take part, keep an eye out. We'll do it again down the road. In the meantime, because people are looking for ways to connect, you had a great idea. Yeah, let's have a movie watch party. Um, So we put it out to everyone who was at Trivia, put a question out on SurveyMonkey. We have over 50 responses, which, to quote you, bananas, bananas, to have so many people interested in watching a movie and talking about it on Twitter. But drumroll, and maybe we've already shared it, but um, join us on Sunday, April 5th to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm kind of excited because I don't think Maggie's watched it yet, so I'm going to make her watch it with me. Maybe I'll get Rocky to to, uh, jump in as well and, and do some tweeting, but I'm kind of excited. It's been a while since I've watched it, so... Join us. (laughs) So what we'll do is we'll queue it up to start. It's a few minutes. We'll start just a minute or two after seven on Sunday. We'll we'll be on Twitter. We're going to be using the hashtag HRSH movie night. So use that hashtag that night. If you're in the United States, it is streaming on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's streaming elsewhere. I know we have friends in other areas yeah. of, the, of the world that may want to join. I'm sorry. I don't know what your local streaming provider may have. If you've got it on DVD, great. But we're going to be watching the, I guess it's the theatrical editions, whatever Netflix has. Yeah. Indiana Jones and the Raiders of Lost Ark, the original. Right. I'm going to tell you straight up, Wendy, when you told me that one, I was absolutely blown away. Yeah. Not a bad way. I'm super excited because it is a great movie. No. I was absolutely blown away when you told me it won. I, by, a mar- by a marked number. By a marked number. I, I totally expected Die Hard. Totally expected to be watching Die Hard. I did too. Yep. I did too. Never know. Yep. Well, we're going to do it again down yep. the road. And hey, if anybody knows where Office Space yeah. may be streaming. That would be if awesome. There's some, if, as long as it's legal and, and, and we can get there, tell us because we would love to do a screening of that movie. Yes. At some point, but we couldn't find it. No, no, couldn't find it. Um, so this will be, yeah, join us on Sunday. I think it'll be a blast. It's going to be so much better than the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll be tweeting about it. But if you're listening to this, 
before the fifth. Yep. Seven o'clock Eastern time during our normal chat time. Yep. We will sit down. Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Netflix, if you're Classic. in the U.S. or on your own, or your own copy. We'll give everybody a minute or two to get started. Maybe, you know what, Wendy? We'll probably start like 7.05. We'll get people in. Yeah. Maybe we'll even ask, like, what's in your glass? I think that's a good idea. And what's in your bucket? Oh, yes. What's yes. In, what's in your glass Snacks. and what's in your bucket? Okay. So there you go, folks. <laughs> it, is, it is totally special because we're doing yeah. that. Back to your regularly scheduled program. Enjoy. We're now going to present our time with our friends. <laughs> Check it out, and we'll talk to you on the backside. Hello. Welcome back to the HR Social Hour. Uh, We are so excited to offer another Where Are They Now segment. And today we get to talk with Christina Minyard. Yay! Yay. So Christina, we do still start every single podcast the same way. We have to know what is in your glass. Uh, Cheap wine from Target. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to switch to vodka earlier, but I remembered we were doing this call and I was like... That I better save it for later. <laughs> so when you say when you say cheap, is that red? Is that white? Is it a nondescript? Like what is what is it's cheap? Cheap white okay. wine, like ten dollars screw cap. I didn't yes. even have to pull out the yeah yeah yeah. Hey, I, I've got go. boxed wine here. I've I've got the Boda box of uh, cheap red. So <laughs> I, I gotcha. I gotcha. See, boxed cheap wine, wine to all me the way around. is still that like Franzia. That you could, you just take the whole bag out of the box and like put it in your purse for when you go to the movie theater. But since we're yes. not going to the movie theater right, right now, you know, yeah. everybody's sitting at home. You can just drink it straight out of the bottle, I guess. I, I, I guess I got my hot tip for the next time I go to the movies. Take, there you go. Take my purse. Oh, my yeah. Everybody doesn't do that. <laughs> I don't usually carry my purse to the movie theater. But now, now that I know I should, Christina, I appreciate that very, very much. Yeah. Now you have a reason to. You're oh, welcome. Yes, exactly. Christina, it's really hard to believe you first appeared on episode 10 of the show, which was in April of 2018. What in the world are you up to now? Life is so different than April 2018. (laughs) Wow. Episode 10. Wow. Okay. So uh, I have a completely new job now. I work for a different company. Um, I think the last time we talked, I was probably... Oh, I was the director of Ignite Education, and I was doing program management and technical recruiting. Um, So now I am the HR and talent acquisition manager. We put that in there because that was really what they were hiring me for was to solve talent problems. But then they decided to give me all of HR. So, (laughs) yay. (laughs) Um, It's a small company. And we do a little bit of commercial stuff and a little bit of government contracting. So I keep finding these roles that kind of like fold in all of my, you know, different blocks of experience. And of course, like right now, I'm filling the gap in some program management stuff and I get to be a part of some business development stuff. So I'm still just over here wearing a bunch of hats, just doing it for uh, a really cool software company now. Nice. So what's been the biggest difference in changing over from um, Ignite doing, you know, learning and now you're doing like HR, actual HR. Oh, so here's what's funny is uh, when I changed into this different role at Ignite, I was like, I may never go back to just a true HR position. And (laughs) I don't know how old I'm going to be when I learn to stop saying never. (laughs) (laughs) Because here I am again in a true HR position at Arcorhythm. And um, 
So one of the big changes is I'm really a department of one. Right now I have, um, I say that with this caveat, I have a um, part-time um, generalist that's helping me get through uh, some things that we needed to kind of organize and clean up and get to where we needed to be. Um, but like being the only HR person um, taking care of, you know, 68 people, especially in the middle of Corona chaos has been like super trying. And I forgot what it was like to be a department of one. So that's been definitely a huge change, which is why I wanted vodka today in my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> that was going great until Corona came along and just turned me on my side. Um, but definitely just kind of carrying the weight of um, the leadership strategy and then what's best for the employees again. Um, in my last role, I was I was at the table, but from a different perspective. Um, and now I'm the one back in the middle between the employees and, and the leadership team and trying to balance what's best for everyone and, and make sure I'm making really good decisions and advocating for the right things again, where before I just had to advocate for my little piece. And now I'm back to you for everyone. And you mentioned that you're in the government contracting world. We've had a couple of folks on in the past that are in that or have worked in that space. Talk a little bit about that and some of the challenges that that presents, because I know I know there are probably some things unique beyond the current uh, situation that we're in. <laughs> talk a little bit about kind of that. What what has that uh, experience been like for you? You know, um, I love doing the government contracting, especially because what I've done has always been Department of Defense related, and I come from a long line of Army. Everybody in my family before my generation was in the Army, and my generation, we just all decided. We couldn't cut it. I don't know. Uh, but so like to me and my little army heart, like it's my way of, of being a part of the bigger picture of what's happening. Um, and so I, I really do like it. I, I appreciate getting to support people who develop tools and technology that support the warfighter and um, contribute to the overall defense of the country. But it is different. There are a lot of layers of legislation. Um, the process is completely different than. Um, anything that I've ever done on the commercial side. And so every time you think, oh, well, I need to move on to that next part of the process, no matter where you are in the life cycle of a contract, there's stacks and stacks of legislation. And just like in almost anything, like you may have this arm of the government over here telling you one thing, and then this arm of the government who also gets to tell you what to do, telling you to do something that directly contradicts what the other arm said. <laughs> and so you're just like, this is fun. You have to take into consideration so many different things like FAR clauses and JTR when you get into traveling. And, um, you know, it's weird because you guys know I got my start in staffing. And in staffing, everybody was your competition. And so it was like, yeah, you guys would see each other at the same events, but you didn't like really get to know each other as far as your work because you were competitors and you didn't want to share too much. But in the government contracting world, you're typically bidding contracts with a team. And so you're, you're going to have a couple other companies on this contract with you. And you guys are going to be partners on this contract. But that contract that you're going to start building your response to next month, they're going to be your biggest competitor. And so it's very interesting to navigate that and make sure that you're never talking about 
the wrong project with somebody and, and, you know, um, one of the things that we like to do as HR professionals and recruiters is say things like just post pay when you post your job, post what you're going to pay. I can't do that. If I do that, then people can figure out how to back into my rates and figure out how to outbid me. I can't do it. I mean, yeah, they can figure it out if they ask the right people or they dig enough, but I'm not going to hand it to them. So like on stuff like that, working in this world, I get a little bit torn about what I think is the best practice overall for industry and what kind of gets in the way of me participating in a best practice like that. So you don't have to share everybody's wage already? Mm -mm. Nope, we do not. We do not. And typically when you um, respond to a contract in our world, um, you have to build a price sheet into it, right? And Mm because sometimes it'll be like an LPTA, which is lowest price technically acceptable, which are no one's favorite contracts because it's kind of, it contradicts itself at lowest price, technically acceptable. (laughs) That's not really what a warfighter wants to hear halfway around the globe. Oh, that's who won this contract that built this that we're using? Okay, cool. Um, But we send all of that to the government, but we don't have to post any of that externally. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. We know you've been in tech for quite a while. And again, we're we are recording these sessions during a, a very, very crazy time for all of us. I think we all agree. None of us in all our experiences have lived through a situation like this. With everything that's going on in the world right now, what do you see as the biggest change coming for HR when it comes to tech? It's really an opportunity for us to see if the tools that we've purchased already can do what they say they can do, right? Because everybody that can is working from home right now. And while we may have always supported sites that are in different places, it's one thing to do that from your office at corporate. Uh, it's a whole nother thing to do that at home and not be able to roll your chair over to the filing cabinet and pull something out of the filing cabinet that you know is there because you transitioned from paper files to this <laughs> online system. You know what I mean? And so right. like today I kind of freaked out because I needed you guys are going to, you guys are just going to stop recording. Uh, but <laughs> I had to get some Cobra packets and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't bring any Cobra packets home with me because no, we do not outsource our Cobra yet. And then I was like, Christina, get a grip. You should be able to log in to Blue Cross Blue Shield and download the forms that you need to fill out. What are you doing? But it was just that sense of, I know when I'm in my office, I can touch something that I need. And so I think We still kind of, we don't fully rely on our technology yet, but this situation is going to make us rely on our technology. And then we're really going to be able to uncover, okay, what should this do that it doesn't do? And what is it doing really well that I need to be leveraging on a daily basis when I get back to the office? And then also people are kind of keeping a list of uh tech companies that are doing a really crappy job at messaging right now. (laughs) And I'm trying to be, you know, graceful myself because, you know, sometimes I get up like during this, I've gotten up and I've been like, oh my gosh, my anxiety is through the roof. And you can't necessarily make the best decisions when your anxiety is like that. But um, something feels wrong about trying to sell me a new HRIS while I'm trying to get all of my employees the ability and permission to work from home. Like I can't deal with that right now. So, so if your messaging is a little over the top, might end up on everyone's bad list. 
I, I'm with you. I think you, we have to show some grace when it comes to that. And let's face it, salespeople are trying to meet meet their numbers, and that's great. It's funny that you say just it's not just tech. I got something today from a company that does embroidery, and they're like, <laughs> "You're gonna you're gonna need us when everything comes back to normal." And oh, by the way, go buy your shirts with your logo stitched on them. And I thought you people are insane. Like you think you think an HR professional right now is worried about getting embroidered shirts? Right. If they are, if, if you're listening and you're worried about embroidered shirts, talk to me. I'll introduce you to somebody in the state of Ohio that'll do it for you. But John has it, a contact. It, yeah. That's right. I got a contact yeah. for you. It, it is though. It's it's you do try to show that, but I think to your point, there is something to be said for for the approach. And you know, I had somebody contact me last week that I've been talking to off and on for a while, and I just called him out. I'm like, dude, are you serious? You're asking me right now about buying your performance management tool. And he realized very quickly, he's like, oh, man, I'm not thinking this through, through very well. He, he, <laughs> he, he, he backtracked. And then he even sent me Lars's document that's on Google. About everything going on. So kudos to him for saving, saving the conversation. But yeah. It's, Thank you. Uh, We've been uh, following uh, Lars's document from the beginning. Thank you so much, Lars, for no, pointing that I, out. Yeah, it totally saved this department. I don't, one. I don't think that gentleman knew that I do a Twitter chat about this kind of stuff. And <laughs> just the night before, we had just talked about how to deal with some of the things we're dealing with. It was it was an it was a great retreat. But you know, again, try to show it. But yeah, these especially <laughs> these chucklehead chuckleheads that I've never heard of before that are just bombarding me. I. Yeah. You just want to lay them all out. I know. It's hard, hard and, not and, to do. And I get it. You know, people, they have a job to do. That's what they want to do. And But I missed a call Friday with um, somebody who's trying to, you know, the process is they want to get more info from me and then set up a demo, which I really don't understand the two-step process because the demo is never really a reflection of what I told the other person anyway. Like, it'd be, <laughs> yeah. it'd be great yeah. if those two things were the same, but yeah. 98% of the time they're not. Uh, so I, I miss the call. They send me an email and I'm just like, when I finally get to back to my inbox, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I was dealing with something that just took my attention and they did not respond again. And I was like, okay, well, if they're mad, that's fine. I'm not, you know, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to waste your time, but like, this is not something that I thought I would have to be dealing with. So we all have to to kind of give each other a little bit of a grace. Now, when things get back to normal, we can go back to making sure that we respect everyone's calendar appropriately and that we, you know, listen to your cheesy sales pitches again. <laughs> <laughs> They're and not I, listening to their show, Christina. <laughs> so. Exactly. I, okay. Well, I was going to say, I should add a disclaimer that like, I need some HR tech. Like I rely on HR tech. I'm not lumping them all together. Like we need it. I get it. We need it, but we also need vendors who are compassionate and helping us right now. Um, you know, like you said, making sure that the tech that we do have works the way we want it to, you know, and then you know, come around in a couple of months and like, Hey, is, is, is your, is your vendor fulfilling their promise? Or can they do what they said they can do? <laughs> Send Never. me cheap wine and ask me if I'm okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Know your audience. Know your audience. Um, uh, well, Christina, we know that you have been super active with Alabama Sherm for some time, which is fantastic. Love watching what you guys are doing there. Since I mean, it is this time. Um, 
are you guys and are you making some changes and what, what kind of changes are you guys making to offerings with the ask for people to stay home for an indefinite period of time? So this was a super hard decision, but we have moved our conference. Our original conference was supposed to happen May 11th and 12th in Birmingham, and now we have moved it to September 21st and 22nd. We actually did that before the CDC came out and said, hey, no gatherings of 50 or more people. I think we might be down to like 25 people or 10 people or something, but we actually made that call pretty early on just because I started talking with people who work for a variety of different companies. I was trying to get a feel for different industries, not just my own. And um, companies were starting to shut down travel. Companies were starting to say, hey, you can't go to conferences. You can't go to these events. You need to stay here. And so I was like, oh, this is bad. It's going to get worse. Um, And so we got the executive committee together and and, uh, hashed it out. And what we've done for our professionals in the state is we've given them three options with this move. You can either just roll your registration right on over to September. You can push it to next year. Or if you just need a full stop refund, we can go ahead and process that. However, we don't, it's not, we don't need a lot of money because we're not for profit. Right. Right. But we need some money to operate. And (laughs) (laughs) so I'm hoping everybody doesn't ask for a refund. We've actually had about 85% of our sponsors go ahead and roll over to the September date. Um, And so I think right now the registration numbers probably reflect pretty close to that. So hopefully if we're past this in September, then we'll be good to go. I think that it'll be just fine and we can resume as normal. Um, The majority of our speakers have said that they can move to those dates too. Um, so it hasn't been too big of a hit. Um, it just also feels weird to like promote the conference right now, <laughs> considering. Right. So we just kind of have it really focused on that. But I have also, we have a LinkedIn group uh, for our state. And um, so I've been trying to post things like the document that Lars did um, and some of the webinars that like Kate and Heather have done. Um, just info that people can find online to help them navigate stuff like this. If I come across free webinars or free resources, like I send that to them too, because I realize not everyone can wait till September to get their recertification credits if that's what they were looking for. And, and not everyone has the resources to call a lawyer up day two of Corona chaos and say, how am I supposed (laughs) to handle this? So, you know, we're just trying to be very diligent in giving them resources that, reflect what they need help with right now. I I think that's good. I know that's what we're doing in South Dakota. Um, Our conference was supposed to be in May and it, uh, we haven't officially set a date yet, but it will likely be in the fall. Um, So I think fall is going to be pretty crazy (laughs) with conferences. (laughs) It is. It is. And so that's why I'm glad some of my, you you guys better pick a date because your speakers are going to (laughs) be committed to something else. Well, someone else is dealing with it. So um, I think. Oh, it's not your job. Okay. (laughs) It's not my job. So my job is just to put it out there when it is. But like, you know, like you have been, hey, here's some Corona stuff. Um, Hey, check out the, you know. I guess uh, John Hyman's blog isn't the Ohio uh, employment attorney. I think it's the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, blog yeah. Now. But you know they've got good stuff, and it's you know trying to make sure that they see what's out there because, well, especially right now, nobody's going to get together to have a coronavirus conference. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be crazy. What we need to do after all of this, though, is make yes. sure we do a hey, what we learn and how can we prepare better yep. next time because. 
I don't know about you guys, but I was like, okay, we have plans, you know, especially for us here in Alabama back in 2011, when the tornadoes came through April 27th, 2011, and it just like cleared the state, right? Like people were without power for weeks. You know, you had to figure out where all of your employees were. Did they have what they need? Did they have power? Were they safe? Were they okay? Um, you know, who, who do you need to contact and how can you get in touch with them? We couldn't even call each other. Cause like the right. phone lines and stuff, the phone service was, it was shot. We didn't have anything. So you're, so you spend all this time and you build this great, you know, emergency response plan, this disaster plan, whose disaster plan had pandemic <laughs> contingency in it. Okay. Who right. knew that that's what we had to do. So, you know, you think you're super prepared and then boom, what yep. is this? what is this? And then you can't even tell people, you know, to self quarantine, you can only, you know, you have to navigate that. So thank you, Kate, for all of your webinars and tips on that. Um, but you know, it's not, it's not easy when you just want to look at everyone and be like, stay home. Right. <laughs> so when that's how you're feeling as a conference host, you can't host a conference, you know what right. I mean? So, yeah. and if we had the tools and technology, we would offer some virtual stuff for people for free, but we just, we're not there. We don't have that kind of setup. Yeah. It, it, well, and it's hard to do just move, move something remote. Uh, it sounds a lot easier than it actually is. Yeah. That's just the reality of it. It's trying to get, you know, get it up so people can hear it and see it. And, <laughs> and, you know, one of the things with us, when we were trying to move our date, we had to pick a date because, um, if we didn't, the location that we have it in was going to count us as canceled. And they still wanted oh. like $70,000. We were like, what? Oh my <laughs> Wait, what? <Wow. laughs> so uh, no, let's pick a date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we had to pick a date. Oh, we golly. had to pick a date. And the littlest menu actually turned 16 on September 22nd. So I was just like, oh. it wasn't my favorite date, but I was like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it happens. We do have a short question connection for our where are these where are they now segments. So we have to know what has been the best thing to happen to you from taking part in the HR Social Hour. Um, so I would say having great HR friends that can commiserate with me and lift <laughs> me up. <laughs> no, uh, really uh, meeting people who are smarter than me in HR because um, it's helped a lot, especially uh, since I've had to kind of humble myself and be like, oh, you thought you knew everything, but you don't. <laughs> um, a department of one will reveal that quickly to you. And so I think that's definitely been the best. Christina, we're glad that you're willing to ask for help. We're willing, we appreciate the fact that you're willing to put yourself out there. Yep. And I'm glad you stuck to the bottle of wine because you know, <laughs> telling where our conversation would go otherwise. There may be a handful of listeners that aren't connected with you right now out there. What's the best way for them to reach, reach you on social media? Uh, so my Twitter is at HRecruit which is some weird like HR and recruit in one handle. <laughs> um, and Instagram is the same right now. My Instagram stories is full of work from home shenanigans uh, because my husband is also working from home. And for some reason, I thought it was a great idea for us to work in the same room. When we got <laughs> It's not going so well for me right now. <laughs> um, I kicked him out of here. I kicked him out of the office for this. So that, you know, it would be quiet in here. He's downstairs playing video games now. 
And then there's this little blog that's a little neglected called hrpockets.com. Um, and those are where you can find me hanging out. Excellent. We will have that in the show notes. We will not let it go two years again before we have you back, but yes. uh, take care and, and we will talk to you real soon. Awesome. Thank Christina. you guys so much. Thanks. All right. We are so excited to welcome Carlos Escobar back to HR Social Hour for our uh, series on where are they now? It's folks that we've talked to in the past and ready to uh, catch up with. So Carlos, welcome to back to the show. But we have to ask what's in your glass tonight. What's in my glass? Uh, well, first, you know, thanks for having me. Great to hear from uh, you and John. Um, right now, what's in my glass is good old fashioned bottled water. Um, I just I, I just got back from a run about an hour ago. So I'm, and it's a little warm here in Texas, even for March. So I'm just trying to rehydrate a little bit. Um, but that's what's in my glass right now. I think in this in this in the case situation we're in now, it certainly makes a lot of sense too. Yes. We all need to be getting the appropriate fluids and yeah, maybe the adult beverage fluids, maybe not, maybe <laughs> mindful, moderation, mindful right? hydration. That's moderation, right. I, mean, moderation. I like it. I like it. Well, yeah. Carlos, it's really hard to believe you first appeared on episode twenty nine of the mm-hmm. show, which was August of twenty eighteen. Wow. So what are yeah. what are you up to now? Well, so August 2018, that's a lot has happened since then. Um, let's see, these days, I, uh, I, at the time in 2018, I was working for the Alamo Colleges in, in training and development. And so now I work for um, HEB, which is a Texas-based grocery company. Um, and I still work in, in training development and talent development. So I work um, as a, the position is called an HR strategic process manager, which is um, we manage a lot of the talent development processes kind of behind the scenes so things like competency models, performance ratings, things of that nature. And uh, kind of our joke is that our side gig is we help with a lot of innovation work. So um, we help teams kind of develop good ideas for the organization. So it's been a lot of fun. I started there in June of 2019. So I'm still pretty new, but not new enough to um, claim it anymore. But I'm still learning things as we go along. So that's been the big change um, since August 2018. Now, I've heard of HEB and I've heard of the reputation of the organization. I don't really know much about it, like size wise, like how large, how many employees, kind of what do you what do you cover? So um, we are um, almost exclusively in Texas. We have a good handful of stores in Mexico, um, but um, we don't have any stores in the United States outside of Texas. Um, And um, we have roughly 100,000 or more employees, depends on, you know, what time of uh, like peak season, things like that. Sure. Um, we've been around for, I uh, believe, 115 years. So we started, oh, wow. of course, very small, um, uh, small um, grocery store in, uh, I think, 1905. Um, and um, yeah, so we're kind of a Texas institution. Um, you know, everyone who, you know, the, the places in Texas that have an HEB, you know, love it. Um, I've grown up with nothing but HEB in my life. Um, <laughs> I really don't know any other grocery stores. Um, and, um, yeah, so it's just been a really good thing, uh, to, to be there and join that organization, join that company, um, with such a great reputation and, um, and hopefully, you know, continue to contribute to its future success. That's awesome. It's, it's nice to be able to contribute to an organization that you've been able to see and watch for a long time. So Mm -hmm. very cool. So, you know, moving from education to retail, what has been the biggest difference, biggest change for you? 
So this is kind of like, this is kind of hard to explain. I, I don't want to say that retail moves faster uh, because I think it's a little bit of a, um, a knock on education to say that there weren't like fast paced days because there were. Um, but I, I kind of want to compare it to um, it's like a completely different ball game. Like um, it's a completely different playbook. So like, I, I know how to play the game. I know how to do talent development. I know how to do HR. Um, but um, when we get into the thick of the work, you know, um, understanding why we, some people, why the team zigs this way and I'm supposed to zag and, you know, things of that nature, it's completely different. Um, it's also much more complex of an organization. So um, Alamo Colleges was roughly five to 6,000 employees total. Um, and when I left there, I probably knew 60 to 70 to 80% of them or have met them at some point. Um, and now, you know, 100,000 plus, you know, I'm meeting new people every single day. Um, and just the levels of organizational complexity, you know, the, the kinds of operational things that need to happen to keep an organization that size up and running, you know, um, it's definitely much more complex. Um, that being said, you have more people to do the work. So your role is a little different, but um, yeah, it's just understanding like the playbook, I think would be the hard thing. It's just a much more <laughs> complex playbook. You know, that being said, I've only been there, I think it's nine or 10 months now. Um, so um, I still got a long way to go. So I mean, I was at Alamo Colleges for nine years. So I knew that organization like the back of my hand. Um, so still learning. Now, I know something you and I, Carlos, connected over when you were on last time was with change management and mm -hmm. using ADCAR and what have you. Are you utilizing those same kind of tools now? Is that, I mean, like you said, when you're shifting as quickly as you have to, and, and you know, let's face it, we're recording right now in the midst of mm -hmm. coronavirus. And yeah. as we talked about before we started recording, it's got to be a zoo <laughs> in your mm -hmm. stores. How does, you know, have you, are you able to use those tools and skills now in, in this in this new role? Yes. I So I'm a big believer that all all management is change management. So every time you're managing anything or, or working or leading anybody, you're doing a degree of change management. So I, I do maintain my uh, my ProSci certifications, you know, both the, um, the training certification and the practitioner certification. So, um, you know, those principles get applied every day, um, whether maybe at work. Um, I had, I had lunch with a really good friend today and we were talking a little bit about change management in general, just how it applies to, to a lot of what's going on in the world and um, how the changes that we need to make to our day-to-day -day lives um, to kind of get through this whole coronavirus thing. Um, but um, as of right now, we haven't done a formal implementation of that particular model um, at HEB, um, but change management in general is definitely part of what we do all the time. You know, um, rapidly changing competitive environment, of course, change management is um, a lot of what we do. So um, hopefully in the future, you know, we're, we'll go move that direction. Um, but, you know, it doesn't always have to be the, the, the one model that I'm certified on. And sure. change management applies all the way <laughs> right. across the board. So, right. One of the things we talked about last time you were with us too, Carlos, is, is your photography and particularly mm -hmm. how much we saw coming out of the uh, national Sherm conferences. And we saw you last summer yeah. still take, snapping away quite a bit. Uh, I assume you're still at it. Like kind of what's been up in that world for you when it comes to that these days? Um, these days, I really just do it more for fun. Um, I haven't done a whole lot in terms of uh, like trying to cover events or anything like that. Um, it's funny. My camera goes through phases where it'll be like out on my desk and easily accessible and I'm taking it places. And then it'll go through a month or two where it's like it's put away and it's in a bag. <laughs> and then I kind of remember like, oh, yeah, I used to do this. You know, I used to take this places and I used to like 
actually make effort to go and take <laughs> photos. And, and so like the last maybe two or three weeks, it's, it's gotten a lot of use. I've been making more efforts, you know, to get out and especially with the weather getting better, you know, go out to some parks, um, take some photos, get better at using the manual mode. Um, so I'm still learning. That's the whole thing. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how to use these things. So, um, but in composition and use Lightroom and, you know, all those things, but it's like everything else, you know, you just got to keep practicing. Um, uh, I used to, at one point I did like, I tried to take 50 pictures a day, you know, just like, just mm-hmm. of anything and everything, just like practice, focus, change the setting, change that setting, you know, just keep doing it. And um, that's the way you get better at anything or more comfortable so that when you do have a good moment and something does present itself, you know, you're ready. So there's a, there's a there's metaphor in there for, I guess, life in general, <laughs> you know, just keep plugging away. Even when times are tough, you know, be ready. I think that's fascinating yeah. though, that you say you're, you're still learning. Cause again, I look at what you do compared to most of us or especially me uh, trying to do anything when it comes to pictures, they're so well, I, I see the composition and things. So again, I guess we're just looking at it from a very different perspective. Mm-hmm. It, totally get it, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. appreciate so much when I see what you're putting out there. So I think it's yeah. great. That you're continuing to look at it as and how do I improve? And yeah, well, well I thank do? you. I think um, this is another like life lesson. I think too, it's, you know, for every one photo that you see that gets posted and looks great, there's dozens sure. of others <laughs> of the same thing that came out terribly. So right, we're right. only seeing the, the one or two that were like, oh, this one came out okay. You know, what you didn't see is the, you know, the repetition and the and trying to get the right angle and the oops and the, you know, oh man, I underexposed this or I way overdid that. And um, you just get the one surface, uh, you know, photo. Um, so it's like everything else, I guess, like successful people, you know, we look up to them and we say, I wish I could be that person and they're so perfect, but we don't see the struggle. We don't see how much they've committed to their craft. So you all could start an HR photography club, you and Victoria and Ashley Rissian, all of you take Uh photographs. I know at least the three of you, there may be others, but Mm -hmm. at least three people have been on this show. I know do this as a side thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm calling it now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We we do like a, uh, exhibition or something or yeah. put something together. Right? I think that would be great. I think that would be great. Cause one, we'd have the three of you in the same room together. So mm-hmm. that right there would be worthwhile too. So yeah, yeah no, that's awesome. Um, so uh, Carlos for a long time, you know, you've been active in um, state and local SHRM groups for a long time. Are you still yep. active in those and uh, what's, what's on the horizon? Um, I am actually, as of the start of this year, I am not, active in any Sherman volunteer role. So um, my role uh, (laughs) as the director of uh, student engagement for Texas Sherman, my, my, my time in that role ended as of uh, January one, technically. So um, it's, you know, it's been a little interesting, you know, trying to kind of figure (laughs) out what's next. Um, I kind of, I went, I spoke with the UTSA Sherman chapter, I think last week, um, and we were talking and they're like, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I think I'm taking a little bit of a gap year right now. Yeah. So <laughs> the meeting time to kind of just, you know, figure out what, what comes next, you know, yeah. um, go find yourself, you know, yeah, go, go hiking across, go, backpacking go hiking across Europe. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, this isn't the first time that I've had like a gap year where I've kind of like ended my role and I kind of wasn't sure what to do next. So, um, something will come up, you know, there'll be some, some kind of a role somewhere, whether it be locally, um, I'm passionate about helping students. So um, there, I was even thinking about, you know, just really connecting with UTSAs, my alma mater, you know, and just saying, you know, I'm going to be there to help you and, and just do that, you know? So um, I have a, 
I've been volunteering for many, many years. So um, there's no uh, experience, I think, that I'm still chasing. So I've been, you know, the chapter president and been on, you know, the state councils and things like that. So there's not really anything out there that I, I, at least right now, that I'm just like actively saying, I need to go do this. Um, I think right now it's about making an impact, even if it's on a smaller scale. So um, it might be working with small, with chapters here locally. Um, Who knows? So we're only three months into this year. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But it's definitely not, um, definitely not over, like in terms of me being involved with Sherm and all those things. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Carlos, we don't do a full question connection because we are just mm-hmm. catching up. We've you've okay. already done that. But we do have to know, what's been the best thing to happen to you from taking part in the HR Social Hour? Let's see. So August 2018. <laughs> it feels like it was ages ago. Um, it was. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was a long time ago. Christmas feels like ages ago. I was telling yeah. um, a couple of my friends today about how, like, the conversations we were having at Christmas we're completely different from the conversations we're having now. I mean, like <laughs> if we had said we'd be dealing with what we're dealing with today, back in December, we would have laughed at each other. And so yeah. it's just unbelievable. Um, I'd say um, more than anything. Um, so, I mean, I've, I know you, uh, Wendy, and I know John, um, but I think getting on the podcast itself, you know, actually like, you know, going through the process, talking and, and answering the questions, you know, it, it's a little bit of a, a brave thing to do. Uh, it's a little bit of an act of vulnerability. So I think um, from that process, you know, uh, came other opportunities to embrace that vulnerability to kind of say, I'm going to take a risk on this. You know, I'm going to write that post, you know, I'm going to go speak at this event or um, I'm going to engage in this process, you know. Um, so I think, you know, it's part of a larger portfolio of, you know, taking calculated and and um, smart risks, you know. Um, and I think those things eventually lead to, you know, greater opportunities and um, health and happiness, you know? So I think, you know, HR social hour has, has helped in that process. You know, it's, it seems like, and of course it's, it's a 30 minute thing. We have a conversation, but um, it's not something I would have said I was, was, would have done and enjoyed two years before we did it. So. Awesome. That, I, you know, it's so ha- awesome to have you back on and, um, and be able to talk with you face to face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Carlos, I, I appreciate you saying that. And yeah. it absolutely, you know, we, we always, obviously, we want to have the folks on that we know are passionate about what they do and how they do it and certainly mm-hmm. want you in a good place. But I can certainly appreciate, too, that there is a bit of vulnerability. And, you know, let's yeah. face it, we were all scared the first time we hit play. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, Wendy and I were, you know, we practiced yeah. this thing and really tried to hone some skills before mm-hmm. we ever started. But really do appreciate you coming back and, and joining us again there may be some listeners that haven't listened to that previous episode. I'm going to make sure that they have a link to get to it in yeah. the show notes, but how about uh, now if they want to get in touch or follow you on social, what's the best way to reach you out there? Um, so social media across all channels is uh, my handle is C Escobar 78. So um, on Twitter, obviously it's the at symbol with C Escobar 78. I think on Facebook, it's Facebook, um, backslash CS Bar 78 <laughs> LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn slash in slash CS Bar 78. So across all those channels, I can be found that way. It's the easiest way to find me. Um, or there's also my, um, my blog and website, which is CSGobar.com. And it has all the links there. Um, and a contact information or contact form there also for um, anything. If anybody has questions or just wants to say hello, anything along those lines. Excellent. We'll have that in the awesome. show notes. Listen, 
continue to be safe out there. Uh, yes. Good luck in the the madness that is the uh, <laughs> grocery games right yes. now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, same so. to you all. You know, just um, <laughs> take it one day at a time. And you know, uh, can we call you if we need toilet paper delivered? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot guarantee that it would be accessible <laughs> as we said as of right now. It seems like that is the premium product yes. across the United States. So what's going to be really interesting is when this episode, somebody listens to it two years from now, right? Like, well, well, who knows where we'll be? Cause we yeah. didn't know who'd ever thought we'd be talking in from August of right. 2018 to now talking about what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But again, Carlos, thank you so yep. much for joining us and we'll talk to you real soon. All right. Great. Thank you for having okay. me. Kyra. To start it that way, um, it's where are they now with Kyra? So excited to have you back on the show. Uh, so, first question, always, ma'am, what is in your glass tonight? Well, Wendy, uh, first of all, I have to say this is so fun. I'm, I was just, <laughs> I was thrilled when you guys asked me to come back. I'm like, really? Do you really want to do this? Let's give it a shot. <laughs> uh, well, tonight I am double fisting it, as John can attest because you can't see us, but he can. Um, I have water in one hand from our well, and in the other hand, I have a glass of delicious 2016 Merlot. Sadly, in this time of social distancing and self-quarantine, I've run out of my favorite local beer. So wine it is. You can't go somewhere and get it picked up for you? Well, I could, but that requires, you know, getting out of a onesie. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Kyra, this is incredibly hard to believe, but... You first appeared on the show on episode five. <laughs> Single digits. Which, which was March of 2018. Yeah, wow. That's so crazy. between 105 and I believe this is going to be 111, we're going to record the open after we're done. What have you been up to? Oh, my God. That's crazy. That's almost to the day, I feel like. You know, we're, we're two years out and a lot has happened in two years. Um, well, first, if you're asking what I am doing now, I literally has been two weeks since I've worn anything, but yoga pants and onesies. Um, so you're enjoying my onesie tonight. Uh, I don't think that's not what you meant though. Uh, so since the last time we spoke, my family and I relocated from Denver, Colorado to New Glarus, Wisconsin, home of the New Glarus Brewing Company and the Spotted Cow. Uh, professionally, I am a senior HR business partner for Exact Sciences, which is a biotech company based in Madison, Wisconsin. I support the research and development, uh, corporate strategy, business development, and pipeline organizations. And I have employees that are primarily in Wisconsin. Um, I've got a group in California, as well as some remote employees in various other states. Awesome. So what has been the biggest change for you moving from healthcare to biotech? I think for me, the biggest change is learning a whole new industry vernacular. I support a lot of scientists and engineers, and there was a huge learning curve for me in that industry. Uh, So really, I learn every single day to be the best partner I can be. Uh, I have to understand the business and the work that our people do. And there are so many moving parts in the business landscape and environment are in constant change. Um, So there's always something new to learn. But the work is super exciting. And to work with a company whose mission is one that I am personally connected to keeps me inspired. And I kind of feel like I won the HR lottery. I'm a generalist by trade, so I've done just about every role that HR has under its umbrella, like many of us. Um, But in my current role, I get to focus on my most favorite parts of HR, 
and which also happen to be the strengths that I bring to the table. I know you're not a fan of employee relations, but that's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have the opportunity to provide strategic support to our leaders, work closely with team members on career and leadership development, coaching, performance management, engagement, all the fun stuff. And I love it. I'm just having the best time ever. Love it. Awesome. I love that. What kind of challenges are you facing in that space? In other words, you know, you're coming from healthcare and mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm certainly more familiar with healthcare being with Wendy and having spent some time in it myself. And I know where I'm, I am in construction. Biotech though is a whole different thing for me, <laughs> you know, in terms of, and, you know, and I assume it's scientists figuring out how to fix stuff with, you know, they've got support, but right. I mean, ultimately that's what you're doing, right? I mean, I mean, I guess talk a little bit though about some of the challenges, I guess, that that particular realm. Yeah. So biotech is a really interesting um, industry. And I think one of the biggest challenges that we have, which, I mean, I don't know that it's unique to biotech, but it's um, finding the right people for the roles that we have um, that have the right experience, the right education. And, you know, I hate using the term war on talent, but that's often what it, what it feels like. I mean, we've got very specific types of roles in um, science. So like people with molecular biology degrees um, with, um, you know, experience in RNA and DNA and and chemistry and, and these types of things. Um, our specific organization is dedicated to um, the early detection of uh, cancer and diagnostics to help make uh, help patients make better informed decisions. Um, and so we're on the front lines of cancer research. Um, it's it's a unique space. And um, that that tends to be our biggest challenge is really trying to find the right candidates to fill those roles. Um, you know, you don't find the, the type of degree programs in every university. You know, I think this is probably something similar to um, healthcare when you've got a shortage of nurses and doctors and, and, and those types of things. So like I said, I don't know that it's unique to biotech, but um, it's definitely our biggest challenge that I see. And is Madison a hard sell? <laughs> Depends on who you I, ask. I, I want to go on record. It is my favorite <laughs> college town in the country. I did not go to school there, but by far my favorite college town in the country to go to. You know, it, 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 uh, wow, I don't even know how to answer that. Um, yes, depending on where we find the candidates. Uh, the people that have gone to college here, so we have a very close relationship with UW, and they have the degree programs that we're looking at. And so we've got a nice pipeline of talent there that we can access. Um, we have internships and stuff that come in and work with us, and, and we work really closely with those um, those colleges. But um, if, so for those that are either familiar with the Midwest, are from this area, went to college here, it's not a hard sell at all. People love Madison. Now, if we have kind of tapped our talent here um, in the Madison area, so we look to the West Coast, oftentimes in Southern California, and to pull somebody away from the life of Southern California and all of the uh, beautiful weather and amenities that they have to get them to relocate to Madison, Wisconsin, (laughs) that is a hard sell. I want to change gears a little bit, Kyra, if we can, and and you mentioned particularly with what you're doing now, that it's very pa- a passion for you. It's no secret that that you have been fighting cancer for well over a year now. I think you've been very public about about it and 
we've followed you throughout and, and certainly have been cheering you on and sending all our good vibes your way. Can you talk a little bit about how that experience has changed your perspective as far as what you do in HR? Has it, you know, kind of talk a little bit about that if you would. Yeah. So yes, it definitely has. I, I, I love life. I love my life specifically. Um, and I, I don't know that you ever truly appreciate what your life is all about until you're faced with your own mortality before you're ready. And when I got the diagnosis in early February, 2019, I was immediately ready to fight. I felt like death showed up on my doorstep and I was like, you know what? Get ready to beep this out. F- you, my work isn't done here. And um, that's how I felt. This, this last year was really freaking hard. It was hard. I mean, we, we relocated from um, a place where we had really deep roots and really strong community. And, and we came to a place where we didn't really know anybody minus a, a couple of kind of acquaintances. Um, and we had to do this alone. And, you know, we bought a new house and my health situation and starting a new job and my husband's um, father fell ill for quite a while. And we were trying to homeschool the kids all at the same time. And it's just a lot. It was a lot. Through all of that, I realized that, uh, first of all, I am just absolutely blessed to work with amazing people, uh, people who are so dedicated to the mission um, of our organization and the work that they do. I made the personal choice, uh, me personally, to not take time off work as I was going through my cancer treatments. Um, Looking back, I'm not sure that I would make that same choice again, but I made that choice because I work in an area of the business that is literally on the front lines of discovery and research. Um, I, I lost my dad to cancer when I was eight. I lost my mom to cancer in 2014. I've lost numerous family members and, and close friends, including our dear friend and fellow Stateline crew, HR pal, Callie Zippel, uh, last September. Screening uh, for cancer, diagnostics, uh, treatment, they've all come so far. And it wasn't that long ago when early detection didn't even exist. Um, when chemotherapy was first developed, no one knew if it would kill the cancer or the patient first. It was brutal. Um, my dad was diagnosed in 1979 and he died in 1981. He was 44 years old. I was just a kid and I literally was watching him suffer and wither away through all of those horrific treatments. They didn't have anti-nausea drugs. They didn't have other treatments and medications to um, make treatment more bearable. Um, so as I was going through this, um, I really wanted to show the people that I worked with that what they do matters. You know, these are scientists and doctors, um, that I have the privilege of working with every day that no matter what their peers think about what they're trying to accomplish or what they're trying to do, people think they're crazy. Oh, that can't be done. And and they never take no for an answer. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted them to see that this matters. It means something to patients. It means something to families. It means something to the people in the community, to the people that they work with, specifically as an HR professional, uh, we have the privilege and opportunity to, to see what our people do every day from, I think, a very unique perspective and provide encouragement and support in a way that no one else in the business can, not even senior leaders. Um, So I think my experience with cancer has made me a better HR, excuse me, practitioner. I dealt with a lot of really sucky side effects as I was going through chemotherapy. 
And going through that experience made me appreciate the struggles that other people may be facing in their own lives, um, silent disabilities, chronic pain, emotional, mental challenges, and situations that, I mean, we would just never see on the surface. So I think I listen differently now. Um, I ask questions differently now. I'm more empathetic. Um, I've always cared about the people that I work with, but now I think I care differently and in a more meaningful way. That's um, usually a little deeper than we usually go on the social hour, but I appreciate you sharing your story because I think it's important that that we normalize some of these conversations um, to make it easier for all of us to to talk about the struggles. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that now with everything that's going on. You know, when this comes out, we'll still be dealing with um, the virus and social distancing, which I, I recently saw it um, rephrased as physical dis- distancing. Oh, um, interesting. Yep. You know, because we still need to be social. We still need to connect with people. And um, so, you know, I think that's one of your strengths, Kyra, is, um, you know, you have your, you have that empathetic bone to, um, to want to bring people together, um, celebrate and commiserate and um, <laughs> <laughs> laugh and cry together because, um, you know, you, you, we need to do all of that together, um, which really leads into the fact that you are the queen of HR shenanigans, um, <laughs> right down to the name of your blog, which hopefully you will revive, do some more postings on. So recently though, you have put several virtual events together, um, in, in this, in the last few weeks. So what have you learned from doing that, um, that you can apply to your job, that we can apply to our jobs as we see things, um, settle down? hopefully soon. Yeah, hopefully soon. Well, first, I've learned that when people work from home, they rarely comb their hair. Uh, <laughs> you know, which is, it is a little challenging when y'all are on virtual meetings and stuff. We can see you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, this, yeah, this landscape is crazy right now. I've had, I have had to learn to shenanigate a little differently than I'm used to. I'm used to having a live studio audience. And now I sort of have this virtual thing, which, you know, doesn't carry the same weight. And so it's, you know, it's it's uh, stretching my uh, abilities a little bit. But um, I think what's been really fun is watching the way that people are um, creatively finding ways to connect in this, uh, you know, whether you call it social distancing or what did you call it, Wendy? Physical distancing. Physical distancing. That's right. I love that. Yeah, because we physically shouldn't be together, but yeah, but we still need to be social. That's awesome. Um, So it's fun to watch people do that. And I mean, I've done some virtual happy hours this past weekend with with some random uh, Twitter friends. We got together for a virtual awkward jam session with instruments that we haven't picked up in, in, I mean, in some cases, decades. Like we were, we played I Will Survive and sheet music and I haven't read sheet music in probably 25 years. It was (laughs) such a hot mess. Like it was such a mess. But it was so much fun. I mean, we just had so much fun and and we played for maybe a half an hour and and then we spent another half an hour just talking with each other and and encouraging one another and sharing where we are uh, as we walk through this whole situation together in a way that, you know, this world has never seen. And I've seen groups do virtual game nights. I've seen virtual coffee breaks. Um, You know, I, I don't know, like you said, that it's really 
anything new per se in the way that, you know, uh, people have a need to connect and commune and commiserate with one another. People want to belong. And so I think what's really new is the way that we're finding a virtual environment in order to do this, um, you know, outside of social media, right? Like it's not just tweeting something and having a bunch of people respond like this is real time interaction with people uh, face to face, even though we may be literally miles and miles, in some cases, countries apart. Um, so I hope that we will continue to see virtual happy hours and meetups uh, when in, we're all able to return to business as I'll call it quasi usual, because I'm not sure that we're ever going to necessarily be the same. Um, and, and I hope honestly that we're not. I hope this makes us better. And I hope that we are um, more deliberate and intentional in the way that we're reaching out to our team members. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I have seen this situation bring people and teams together in a, a really beautiful way. Like it's times like these when we really get to see the best of humanity. Out of curiosity, what have you guys learned that you can apply? I, you know, personally, I think that, um, my family, we are homebodies. We, we like to stay home. We socialize, um, physically <laughs> with a select few. Um, but still, you know, you need that interaction, which is kind of probably why I gravitate towards, towards the Twitter world, but, you know, being, being comfortable with sharing yourself in different ways. Um, and I think that's what I've, that what I've really enjoyed is, you know, people we're connected with on social media who are sharing their talents um, in different ways. People are sharing um, hints and tricks and just being more open. I think, you know, there's very little, oh, I can't share that going on. So I think that's one of the, the cool things uh, going on and that people are just jumping in, jumping into it with both feet. And we're seeing that uh, everywhere. And if my office ever does go virtual, I have a list of ideas now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. We've all had to learn a different way of doing business, huh? Yeah. And you know, when I, you know, like I, I, I think, I think it was Steve that had posted on Twitter that, you know, he hoped this wasn't the new normal. Mm -hmm. um, but I do hope it changes our normal. Mm -hmm. um, I hope we don't go back to the way things used to be. I, I hope we don't go back to you have, you know, butts in seats and you're only productive from eight to five Monday through Friday or um, in certain, certain ways, you know, how can we, how can we get the same work done, but in ways that work with people and with how they want to live their lives. I agree. How about you, John? I think that this has shown the best in many people and areas of development for many others. <laughs> the fact that working from home, particularly those that can work from home, there has to be a level of trust. There has to be a level of ability. There has to be a level of communication. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're finding is that where there is doubt, it's because there was an issue already. Mm -hmm. There's the whole thing about trust. And it's not just trust of a manager to an employee. But vice versa, mm -hmm. you know, we've seen stories about my manager literally ran out and just didn't tell us anything else that's going on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely harrowing, right? We're all trying to find grace in this thing. We're all trying to figure out how to do it, how to do things the best we can, knowing there is no playbook. Mm -hmm. Three of us on the call, there's a combined, what, 60 years, 55 <laughs> years of HR experience. Yeah. None of us have ever dealt with anything like this. Not even close. Nope. Not even close. 
No, I don't know anybody it's, in the whole world that has. I mean, well, exactly. But yeah, my point being is that right? the combined brain power here, it still doesn't mean we could have solved yeah. it in a day. Right. And, no. and so I think it's that yep. it's that idea of people are, you know, where they're looking for a response. And I think we, to your point earlier, we have to show empathy. We have to be kind and we have to we have to be understanding and we've got to be realistic. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out how do we make things work. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a it is a precarious perch. And again, mm-hmm. I think you're seeing the best and you're seeing areas mm-hmm. where people are not doing well. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see how does that translate to Wendy's point. Hope it doesn't go back to exactly the way it was because then we didn't really learn anything. Yeah. yeah and and I think too, um allowing people, you know, going through this allowing people the room to feel and emote the way they need to, you know, I mean, there's, there's certainly a time and a place. I mean, you don't want people, the, those that need to be in the workplace, I mean, in healthcare and, and grocery stores and things like you don't want to see them freaking out. But, you know, as we've seen many times through social media, people posting, it's okay to not be okay. We need to be okay with that. I think to that end, not only is it it's okay to not be okay, I hope that many of our peers, that some of them that maybe are listening to this episode, mm-hmm. that are not necessarily very engaged, that are depart- particularly if their departments are one or in very small, mm-hmm. small shops, that they will continue to utilize social and continue mm-hmm. to reach out to people and mm-hmm. try to stay connected. Mm-hmm. Because I think the three of us, again, the three of us on this call recognize the power of community and connection and how it's it's helped well before this ever came to pass. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, hopefully people just like when you're looking for a job and people get super into networking and they get super active on something and then all of a sudden they land the job and they kind of forget. Yep. They don't nurture it anymore. Mm-hmm. This is getting a lot more philosophical than we usually <laughs> it, do. I mean, it's Way to go, Kyra. <laughs> so, yeah, but in all seriousness, I mean, I think there is something to be said for obviously we're going to continue to reach out and doing what we're doing, trying to make the community a better place to be part of. But I really hope those that particularly because I've seen a lot on Twitter where people are saying, help me, I'm, you know, I'm drowning is not exactly. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? I'm yeah. really struggling, especially the chats of late. Yeah. We've seen people say, I really needed this. And I'm really proud of the fact that we're able to offer some mm-hmm. kind of assistance and support. It's always been there. I think people didn't necessarily realize that. And maybe, you know, and things are going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And this is not going to be an easy. The button's not going to flip on April 15th. <laughs> May first, and, right. and it's all yep. and it's all going to be technicolor world again, yep. right? Anyhow, yeah, it's it's going to be different. So we just have to get get used to that. But um, and obviously we needed this. Um, obviously we all needed to to get a little serious too. And um, I think that's you know this is a place where people can come and have fun, but also we'll we'll get serious when we need to. We're going to switch it a little bit. Enough about you, Kyra. Let's talk about us. Um, tell us, tell us what you think about us. No, um, but we do want to know. You know, if there's connections and all this great stuff happening. So, what has been the best thing to happen to you from taking part in the HR Social Hour? It's the community, hands down. There's no question. Um, what you two do is so unique and it allows people to show a little bit of who they are beyond their profession. I always say it always comes back to people. It all comes back to people. And this platform gives us the opportunity to connect and grow relationships. Um, plus, I think we've come to find out that HR people are 
quite frankly, a little crazy and we're fun. (laughs) Aren't the boring policy police with sticks up our butts that some people think we are. So I think that's the best thing that comes out of it that people, I mean, I know people that are listening to the podcast that aren't from HR and that's fantastic. I love that. That's the best. Speak for yourself, Kyra. (laughs) (laughs) Speak for yourself. Uh, Listen, in all seriousness, you know how we feel about you. We know mm -hmm. we are so appreciative of, of your energy and of the shenanigans. I really appreciate the fact that you're willing to have this conversation, particularly talk about some of those things in your personal life and, and that you're willing to have that conversation here because I hope it, I know it will be of benefit to at least someone that hears this. I really truly believe that our voices all resonate with people differently and that your story will connect. I'm going to assume most of the people listening are connected with you already, but if they're not, What's the best way for them to reach you out there via social media? Yeah, I would say the best way is always going to be Twitter, Kyra Matkovich HR. And um, I've, I've got various other platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I think I might be on Marco Polo and I don't know. I don't know where the <laughs> hell I am. <laughs> I'm all over the place. So I don't know. Find a way to connect with me. I have a website. You can find me there. Uh, my blog is hrshenanigans.com. Uh, that's a good way you can connect with me there as well. Um, but really, I, I welcome, I'm just like you, John, if, if you're going to connect with me, please send me a message to let me know kind of who you are and why you want to connect. Um, preferably, don't try to sell me something as soon as I hit accept, because that really bothers me. Um, but outside of that, um, I am here to help people. I will be a support and a resource and a source of encouragement if that's what you need. Um, I welcome all people to connect. Kyra, thanks again. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you, John. Thank you, Wendy. Love you guys. Wendy, that was a lot of fun. Ooh. Yes, it was. Now, now we should explain. We don't record all those sessions in one night. No, we don't. <laughs> However, timing-wise, we've recorded all these things since coronavirus has taken its grasp on things. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sure the conversations certainly had that uh, tilt. However, we were not just talking about coronavirus and None of us are coronavirus experts. Even if your booking agent tells me you are, uh, you're not. <laughs> and uh, no, I think I, I really, I, I thought it was a lot of fun to catch up. Yeah. It, look, we get to see these folks, but since we've talked to them since we recorded Wendy, but I thought it was so much fun to get them back. And I love hearing about new jobs and mm-hmm. how those things change and, and how perspectives have changed. It's just, a, it's tremendous fun. And I'm really, really excited to see where those folks continue to go. Yeah, it it was great. I'm glad that we decided to do this series. Um, it's you know, especially in this time, and you know, kind of like the weather. We don't want to talk all, only about you know the virus, but it is kind of at the forefront of everything we do. Um, and you know, one of our fears is that we won't get to see these guys this year. You know, we we don't know what's going to happen. Um, so I love that we are doing the where are they now? So we have that time set aside to talk with our friends and re-talk with past guests so that we can, so we can have that time to catch up. I think it's important. It's been tremendous fun. You know, so far we've done six now catch ups Uh, again, third quarter first. I think it's, (laughs) I think it's July 2nd or July 1st. I can't quite remember. And then October 1st or 3rd, somewhere in there will be the last one for the year. But yes, again, I think we're really fortunate that we, have had so many great folks on that it'll be fun to continue to catch up. And, and we, you know, we've talked several times about the fact that people change jobs or situations change. Mm-hmm. It's really, really refreshing to, to know that 
bigger and better things are yep. continuing to happen for them. For sure. For sure. They all, the, everybody told us how to get a hold of them. Yes. When we talk to them individually. Wendy, how about you? If those listeners are not following you now, what's the best way for them to reach you out there? Uh, best way is on my blog. That's mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. Of course, second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our bi-monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman. And if you're looking for the podcast, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. There are episodes you haven't listened to. Be sure, and maybe it's the original episodes that these folks were on. Yeah. Go back, listen to them, download them, share them, talk to others, and you know, go back. We've had so many. It's it's amazing, Wendy. You know, we're, this is episode <laughs> one ten. There's a lot of back back catalog for yes, those who are looking for something to do during all this time of, <laughs> of uncertainty. Yeah. While we would tell you to listen to all HR podcasts, go back and listen to our catalog if you haven't, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of fun stuff there. If you're an international listener. We definitely want to hear from you. Let us know. Yep. We want to send you a gift. The great thing in all this is that at least at the time of this recording, the post office continues to do a great job <laughs> and everything I'm getting out is getting to where it needs to be in a timely manner. Again, want to thank Christina and Carlos and Kyra for their time and their energies and being part of the community. We really appreciate all of you for the HR social hour half hour podcast. I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.